It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Osmo Early Bird Podcast. It's your old pal Emac coming to you with Terry McBride, the one and only T McBee, as we get ready for wall-to-wall baseball on Wednesday, August 19th. Terry, how are you doing? Doing pretty good, my friend. It's uh, nice to uh, be able to access my FanDuel account again. I was actually able to play some lineups today for a change. It's great getting back into the swing of things, you know? It- is it now merged with your uh, betting lineup? Is that what they were doing? Or do, do you have any idea? Apparently, from what I hear, that was the culprit was they decided uh, without asking or doing anything to merge the accounts, Sportsbook and, uh, and uh, DFS. So they'll tempt people to start spending their DFS money on sports bets, which from their end makes sense. But uh, I don't know, for me, it's weird to do a scheduled maintenance in the middle of the afternoon when a lot of people are going to be trying to access your site. And it's weird to change people's passwords without asking them. If you're listening out there, FanDuel, that's what I think. All right. <laughs> well, back. you know, it is 2020. The weirdness happens, and that's just the way it's going to be this year, unfortunately. <laughs> We've got a few slates, so let's before we get to our housekeeping, we're, housekeeping, we're just going to jump in on our first one here. So we're going to follow DraftKings. There are two double headers. DraftKings is actually including one of them in their early slate. They are going with the two 1 o'clock games as well as the first game of the doubleheader between the St. Louis Cardinals and the Chicago Cubs. We want to bring that up because that's going to be the best pitchers of the six we're going to talk about here. So our full slate uh, there is going to be um, John Flaherty, Alec Mills, Tanner Roark, uh, what is it? Ted, uh, Tommy Malone, uh, Jake Arrieta, and Kyle Hart. Ouch. Uh, let's talk at him, talk about them in that order. Uh, Flaherty is 9,700. Now, the reason I'm okay playing him in the doubleheader is his only start this year. Remember, uh, the Cardinals were off for 16 days uh, for uh, preventative uh, COVID-related safety. He has one start. He actually did go seven innings, 89 pitches. That was back on July 24th. I'm hoping he gets five. I'm hoping he can qualify for the win. Not an easy opponent, but when we look at the other turkeys, we'll go with that uh, ver- word. If we look at the other turkeys there on the slate, I don't want any part of them. Yeah, totally with you there. Um, I don't have this DK game in front of me. I uh, I didn't realize it was on the slate because it's weird to put one seven in a game with the other two. But like you said, it's by far the best pitchers that they're offering on this, so I guess I get it. Well, I do, uh, I do Flaher- have a little numbers, a little bit of the numbers here. So we've got Flaherty going back to the beginning of 2017, has a three ERA against lefties, 
That's a 4.1 whip, or pardon me, uh, XFIP, which uh, means he's been a little bit lucky. He has a one home run rate, and he's striking out 24 point, or 25.4% of the pitcher or the hitters. God, dyslexic is now with what I'm saying, not just what I'm looking at. Uh, against righties, he is phenomenal. He yeah. allows a little more power, 1.2 home runs per nine, but has a three ERA, a three XFIP, 34% strikeout rate. So he's the guy we're going to want to go to. He is playing the Cubbies. The Cubbies are playing tonight. They got doubleheaders, obviously, as well. So we may or may not get a slightly watered down lineup, depending on who's going to play both games, who's just going to play one, who gets the night game. You know, maybe it's the younger guys that get the, the morning game after the night game, etc. But uh, he's he's the main guy, and he has pretty much the best numbers in most categories on the slate. So. Yeah, and, and look, we're paying for that 30% overall strikeout rate that he's got since coming into the league. I mean, this is a, just an absolute ace of a pitcher. So we know what we're getting here. We're paying for the known commodity. Hopefully it puts up the innings. We know there's bats in that Cubbies lineup, but hopefully, like you said, he gets the watered-down afternoon lineup in the uh, seven-game doubleheader. I think you've got a great shot of getting a complete game out of him here, even against a tough lineup. Over just a seven-game, you get that complete game bonus as a play for DK, too. So. I love the play. I think he's he's definitely the go-to across the board uh, for uh, DraftKings lineups for sure. Yep. And then Alec Mills is the other guy. He has gone 80, 98, and 77 pitches in his three starts. He has been relatively solid, uh, actually borderline really good. 19 innings total, 14 strikeouts. Since the beginning of 2018, he does have uh, nearly a 30% strikeout rate against righties uh adequate against lefties nothing to really um write home about at 20 percent. but he is going to be your number two pitcher and the cardinals may their lineup is sort of catch as catch can now we we haven't seen them again they played what this will they'll play seven games in like four days or something crazy like that but this is one of those oddities where I, i'm not really that worried about going against the cardinals so if you pair these, or if you're playing this slate, I'd probably pair those guys. I don't know if I'm going to play this slate. I normally play all the slates. I'll probably talk myself into it, but this is going to start around the same time as NBA. And then, of course, we've got NHL. So I may actually just sit this slate out. Yeah, and that's probably a good move. I mean, with something as weird as a slate like this, uh, it makes sense to just sit things out, especially when you don't have a good read, don't have a good feel, not comfortable. The one thing I would say there is since it is locking around that same time, we maybe keep an eye for overlay and that things like we normally monitor with tournaments. If it's looking good, maybe we jump in with a few lineups. But, yeah, I'm with you on those two pitchers really being the, uh, the quality here. Just you play DK more than I do. You play two pitcher sites more than I do. Just as a philosophy, what do you, how do you feel when you have to play two pitchers from the same game like that? Is that something you try and avoid doing generally? Is it something you don't mind No, doing? so I have I have zero issue against it at all. There's there's no worries whatsoever. And in normal times, this is not a normal year. This 2020, I hope we go back to mostly the old normal at some point. But prior to the... the uh, changes that we've seen in baseball this year if you played both starting pitchers in a game you had about a 35 to 40 percent chance of getting the win even if you played both of them now that works because the average major league starter gets the win about 30 to 35 percent of the time mm -hmm. why is that you say well there's two starting pitchers in the game they both can't get the win and then the bullpen gets them because if there's a tie game, they're no longer the pitcher of record. If they're down, you know, yada, yada, yada. So there's a lot of ways they won't get the win. So some people like say, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to box the win. I'm going to do, I'm going to play both pitchers and I'll get the win. It's like, 
no, no, you really don't have mathematically that much more of a chance than just playing one. I mean, I guess it's 50% more, but it's still not, it's not even 50% total. Right. Right. So it, yeah, it doesn't. So for me, it, it, it's never a concern um, from that standpoint. I don't try to, I don't try to go away from it. I just play the best pitchers. On the Thanks. shorter slates, this is where I'll, I'll be. Oh, I don't mind taking hitters against my guys. I just think, and and if we didn't have basketball walking and I didn't have a day job and all that other stuff, right around one o'clock, I would be playing this slate. I'm just mental note, know how crazy it was today when I was trying to juggle work calls and do hockey and do baseball <laughs> and do basketball. It's just a mess. So Sounds like a lot. Right, cool. That makes a lot of sense. And I like the call with uh, the small slate, especially playing a couple, you know, not minding at least getting a couple guys against your pitcher because, yeah, you get to the bullpen on the back end of that. You never know where those hits are going to come from. If the guy puts up any scores and it could be minor damage or the least damage that happens to any of the starters anyway. So Yeah, or you get the, the one or two home runs, and even if they do come off your pitcher, fine. There is, no other batters are going to do better. It, it, there's There's a lot of... People will tell you how to find, and this this goes on to the late slates and the turbo slates and all that. People will tell you, oh, it's not the optimal lineup. No, it's not. But in baseball, what is the optimal lineup with the variance that it carries? So, you know, it's, it's we see craziness on the, the shorter the slate. This is where we get into, for those of you that like the football, we have seen, you know, the, the, Jameis Winston and the Tampa Bay onslaught going against the opposing defense be just fine because the opposing defense scores a return touchdown against him. So yeah, when he throws three touchdowns to each team, it works out. Right, right. So again, this you know weird stuff happens. So that's just sort of the take on that. Now onto the main slate. Can we say hello Ace Day or as close as we've come to Ace Day in, in feeling in uh, since the uh, opening slate? I'm going to turn it over to you. You're wearing your Yankees cap. We've got Garrett Cole. We've got Tyler Glass now. Cole, 11,000 on DK. Glass now, 8,800. What do you want to do here, Terry? So uh, the Rays are lighting up my poor boy uh, Masahiro Tanaka tonight, but I like Garrett Cole's chances tomorrow. I, uh, I, this is a pitcher I love to get to, and uh, I'll pay anything for him. Uh, he's 10-9 on FanDuel, so he's right there, same price, basically, both sites. But he's just an absolute ace. He's a killer. Um, he's a guy... Like I said, he'll always stick him in 27.7% strikeout rate for his career, six and a half percent walk. So he doesn't walk too many guys, 0.88 home runs per nine over his career. It was one, two, three coming to the Bronx for the first time uh, last year, but same stuff, same pitch mix, nothing to worry about there. Uses his 96 mile an hour four seamer 60% of the time, throws an 86 mile an hour slider that he gets, uh, throws 23% of the time, 30% whiff rate on that. Just killer, killer pitch. Uh, throws a 15% mix of curveball change up that are both very, very high-end pitches. So love the spot for him here. He's my second highest projected uh, pitcher on FanDuel. I think he puts up a very nice strikeout game against these Rays. There's a ton of strikeouts in that lineup. A lot of very good hitters, but uh, it's not a lineup that I fear against uh, against Cole. So I think it's a great spot. Um, I think we're going to see a pitcher's duel pretty much throughout in this one. Uh, Glass now on the other side. I love the price on Glass now on FanDuel. He's only 8K. 9,100 on DraftKings. Little tougher to get to. What's uh, Do you have his pitch count? Is I, I recent yeah. pitch count? It's uh, eight, eight, reverse chronological order. 84 uh, against Boston in his last start. Did give up five earned runs. No home runs. Two walks. Eight strikeouts. 
time before that against the Yankees, 71. He had uh, three walks, five strikeouts allowed, one home run. Time before that, 88 against Baltimore, five strikeouts, one home run allowed. And then his first game was against Atlanta, 72, one home run allowed, nine strikeouts. So the point being, strikeouts are kind of there. 88 seems reasonable uh, uh, for a price on DK, and you're hoping for strikeout per, uh, let me see, what is his overall numbers? His overall numbers on the season, 15 uh, and a third innings, 27 strikeouts. So he's yeah. getting about yeah, 1.7. percent strikeout. Yeah, yeah like 1.7. Yeah. Walking a few too many so far, 13.7, but I mean, that's a very small sample, 15 yeah. examples. So I was interested in the pitch count just because it seems like FanDuel is giving a bit of a pitch count discount on a guy who probably shouldn't get it. Uh, only 8K for glass now is very, very inexpensive over there. Uh, I feel like they're thinking he's only going to throw, you know, 60, 70 pitches here. Um, so, yeah, I think we could get a decent sneaky start out of glass now. There are enough strikeouts in that Yankee lineup, even though, as we've said a few times, Judge and Stanton aren't in there. You still get a number of guys that strike out in the mid-20s. There's a couple more patient guys uh, toward the back end, with, but they're slap hitter type, type of guys like Tyro Estrada that we don't really worry about. Uh, Miguel Andujar back in this lineup is a more patient hitter who could get to him, but he's also not really there right now. He's kind of scuffling right now. So I like the spot for glass now, uh, even on DK at, at 91, I think we can pay up there and uh, keep an eye on the ownership, keep an eye on where he ranks in the top stacks tool, but could be a very good spot. All right. Before we get to our next game, I want to tell you guys about an amazing promo we have. This is in honor of Kobe Bryant. Promo code is Mamba, M-A-M-B-A. This is for the NBA playoffs. We are offering a weekly pass right now for $8.24. Get that, $8.24. That offer is valid through Mamba Day, which is $8.24. Again, Kobe's numbers. So check that out. That is, uh, again, this works out to about a dollar a day. And that is the baseball weekly pass, or pardon me, basketball weekly pass. Jump on that now. We're going to have four games per day until we get to the end of these series, but that's going to take us through the weekend, and then we've got to have teams sweep before we start losing series. Guess what? Milwaukee is not going to sweep Orlando after today's game. So just throwing it out there that we could have some four, some a little more four-day games than a lot of people were thinking. So jump in there. It's one of the best deals we have. You get the, the ownership projections. You get the player projections. You get all the good stuff. And, and it's well worth it for, for basketball. And it's a lot of fun now because we know who's going to play for the most part. There are no injuries. We're out of this mess from the bubble. We're out of the we're resting guys till we get to the playoffs. This is it. Best of sevens or you go home. So there we are. Promo code Mamba, half off. All right. The next game we have is... Is that sheet not working? Let's go over here. We've got Pittsburgh hosting Cleveland. We have Aaron Savale going against Stephen Brault. Now, Brault has basically worked as an opener. He is still 6,400 on DK. He's gone 26, 32, 35, 37 pitches. I'm really not that interested in him at this price. We have, uh, I think it's 11 games on this slate so we're going to have a lot of pitching he might be a five percent guy but that's a lot of salary that we're earmarking it to and if memory serves it feels like is it oh it is it's a Coors Field day so um I'm going to probably be going elsewhere but I get that's why I might have a little bit there Aaron Savale kind of interesting here 9800 does that scare people away I hope so 96 97 106 and 100 pitches he's locked and loaded and in midseason form what do you like from these guys? 
Yeah, I agree. I think Savale looks great. Um, I hope that price tag does keep people away. 9500 on FanDuel. So I think that's a good spot where we might be able to pay up, be a little contrarian at pitcher. Hopefully the pricing keeps people off of him. Not killer name recognition for the guy. He's still a guy that I look at, and I get confused with Plucko and uh, nine other guys in their rotation and just have to remember who the good ones are. So I like Savale a lot here. 21.9% career strikeout, 5.8% walk. Uh, only 0.76 home run per nine in his uh, 82 inning sample. It's not a huge sample, of course, but he's a kid just starting out. Uh, 30% uh, cutters, sink, uh, sinker 27% of the time, slider curveball mix of 15%. Uh, he's uh, currently sitting uh, 74th percentile in X Woba, 55th in X slugging, 53rd in exit velocity, 55th in hard hits. So around league average in some of those uh, contact categories, pretty good in X Woba. Really like the stuff, getting good whiff rates on his cutter, his changeup. So I, I like the pitcher. I think he can put up a nice, nice game. There's a reasonable amount of strikeouts in this Pirates lineup. They're not the biggest free-swinging team in the world, but they're also not the scariest offense in the world. So even if he doesn't have a monster... Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. After strikeout game for us here, I think he gets through a number of innings. I think he puts up a very good start here. So, yeah, I think we can get to uh, Savali for sure here. Uh, Brault on the other side, definitely uh, not for me. 5,600 on FanDuel doesn't do anything for me. I don't really care about the savings with everybody basically being free. And there's, yeah, as an opener and uh, not much uh, not much point to him over there. He said uh, after his ugly relief outing that he had some mechanical issues that he wanted to work out. His career, 18.8% strikeout, 11 and a half walks. So very ugly on the walks. He's sitting 28th percentile on ex-WOBA this year, 30th in hard hit. Um, just not a pitcher we like to get to. Works around 93, has a slider changeup mix that he uh, mixes in that don't really have enough differential from his uh, mediocre fastball. So just not a pitcher that I like here. I think we could probably get to some Indians bats, exploit those bats that we like. Uh, they're still inexpensive they still have that uh, around the horn that we like up at the top with all those patient hitters a lot of power in Fran Mill uh, some mix and match in the back end with Naquin Santana type guys but uh, yeah like the spot for the Indians here. Yep. Uh, it's going to be in the mid 70s at first pitch and there's a four implied run total for Pittsburgh on to the next one here Miami is hosting Jake DeGrom Jake DeGrom is 11,800 here on DK, he has gone 98, 104, 88, and 72 pitches. His last outing was against these Marlins. He went five innings, allowed uh, seven hits, two walks, one home run, two earned runs, six strikeouts. Kind of a meh outing, but I'm willing to go back to him again. As I did mention, we do have Coors Field on the slate, but there's some pitching choices here, and this will make the slate fun. Uh, on the other side, you have Pablo Lopez. Rather interesting price point for him, 7,200. He has gone 88, 80, and, and 61 pitches. I'm a little concerned about the Mets' offense, but I will have some Pablo Lopez for that price point and two and a half times the pitch count that Stephen Brault has. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like that price and uh, that pitcher a lot better uh, in that comparison there. 8,300 on FanDuel. You're getting into the steep range for a Pablo Lopez. I might roll some out. It's definitely very dependent on what Alex sees with him. I get a pretty okay projection for him. He's not like a top, top guy, 
but against this Mets offense, I was actually surprised to see it where it is. So I'll be curious to see how he ranks out for Alex. I'll be curious once the you know final implied run totals are in tomorrow and everything uh, where that lands. But he's a pitcher I don't hate. Um, he's a 20.4% strikeout for his career, limits the home runs to a decent amount. Uh, he's relying on his changeup this year. He's plus plus changeup that he's throwing a ton, and he's uh, got a point uh, a one six six x woba on the pitch. So it's a very very good pitch for him that he's been working in on, into his repertoire a lot more this year. Um, but really, that's what he's relying on. I like this Mets offense better than I like that pitcher, so I think that I lean more into that side of things. I expect them to be popular again. They've been uh, one of the top-ranked teams the past couple of days. I think they're going to be up there again in the stacks tool. So I would lean more into the Mets, but I might have some Pablo. Definitely like the Pablo play better on DK, like you said. DeGrom, I will pay any price for. Uh, Ace of aces, one of the best pitchers in the league. Not much to really say there uh, against an offense like this. Absolutely just lock and load. and Don't worry about it. By far my highest projected pitcher on FanDuel. Um, so much so that I want to look at it and figure out why it's broken because it's too high. Uh, so I think I'm probably just pulling a big innings projection for him there that I'll have to fix manually. But even when I bring it down, it'll still be probably 10 points higher than the next closest guy. I love this spot for Jake DeGrom. Yeah. And then the only bit of concern we have for him is he missed his last start with uh, so, uh, neck stiffness, but yeah. he did, uh, let's see, was a late scratch last Friday or on Friday through a bullpen session Monday, says he's good to go. So um, Yeah, and the local papers good. over here said he was, you know, came out of that feeling fine and nothing to worry about. They always say that when the pitcher has that kind of a thing, so take it with a grain of salt. But, I mean, you're talking about a guy before that, he, he hit 101 with his fastball, you know, a couple weeks ago, highest – Velo he has ever hit, averaging 98 with his fastball, throwing it 41% of the time. 93-mile-an-hour uh, slider, his changeup is 91 miles an hour. So it's a huge differential, but it's still coming in like a lot of these other guys we're talking about is fastball. Um, so great, great swing and miss on those pitches. 100th percentile in fastball Velo this year, which I just – whenever anybody's the bottom one or the top 100, I, gotta, I love calling it out. So just a killer pitcher. Next one, we've got the – nationals still in atlanta we have kyle wright on the mound 6700 for him he has gone 65 91 75 and 54 pitches he is the least efficient pitcher you will ever see his walks are absolutely abysmal he is averaging more than a walk per inning 16 walks this year 15 innings he is averaging more than a hit per inning 17 hits 15 innings that means he's allowing two 2.2 base runners per inning that's a lot he has uh two negative fantasy point performances in his two outings he does have 12 strikeouts in those 15 innings but the pitch count doesn't allow him to get any outs i believe uh let's see mlb their 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 little blurb on him said something about he uh strong 15 innings through four starts in 2020 he has completed more than five frames in just two of his eight career starts so he's probably best off as a reliever um but that's not where we are this year so i don't he, he'll be a five percent guy because if he can go through the nats once pick up a few strikeouts get three innings i'm okay with that because we've just we what was it last night we saw i guess monday night every pitcher seemingly got destroyed um, with the exception of one or two. And there were, I lost track. I think there were at one point eight 
two home run games and there someone said they thought there might have been 10 i didn't ever check what they were saying i oh, did yeah, that of... didn't feel hyperbolic <laughs> at all <laughs> because there was a lot of them like i went to bed and and uh mike trout had just taken the major league lead with home runs and then he got passed by <laughs> by uh uh fernando tatis jr <laughs> so and then the, the, i told you on the show that the the uh the rookie for the nationals was the first uh person born in the 2000s that hit a home run he then got a second one after that too so it's just unreal do you think the baseballs are juiced this year do you think they just said ah what the hell let's make it a fun 60 game sprint and just loaded up these balls it seems like it right i so we learned that there's a couple stadiums that may have a humidor in addition to um i uh, I heard that too yeah arizona and colorado they mentioned seattle which i find incredibly hard to believe they mentioned fenway City Field was one of them, so the Mets, and I don't remember what the third one was. Now I didn't. I thought it was Fenway. It it could have been Fenway. I am now convinced that since you mentioned that, that hey, that can also go the other direction. That's what they're doing in San Francisco. So <laughs> I like it. I we'll like see. Um, Built in some different things to change the uh, airflow through the park and everything. Yeah, and or they could have just changed the baseball, and there we are. And they're yep. just going <laughs> to splash them out in McCovey Cove again. So I don't know. That's why this year is – I'm trying to be ahead of the curve and figure out how – I'm just, as we've talked countless times, spreading out pitching a ton, and then I'm hoping the bats carry it. Alex even said on his show tonight – and this is true most years you know it's your pitchers generally don't win slates for you it's your bats but your pitchers can lose slates for you for sure we've all seen it for sure and it's just making things for me this year anyway it's just frustrating with the pricing where it is the broken pricing and then these crazy crazy two home run games that we're getting with seemingly juice balls from guys that do not belong hitting two home runs it's just been an interesting year strange for strategy anyway yeah, back to, back to this one. So yeah, don't don't really like Kyle Wright. He'll be in the mix slightly just because I need some cheap guys if I'm going to want to go to Coors Field. Eric Fede, on the other hand, I don't know what to. Oh, I had a chance to make a Meek Mills joke and a Fede Fede Wap joke uh, here, and I I chose apparently not to. He's making another start in place of Steven Strasburg, who is out with a some sort of nerve issue in his right hand. That doesn't sound good. So. No. The world champion Washington Nationals are going to be without him for a little while anyway. I'm okay with Eric Fetty. I'm go- attacking both sides. You're, the splits that you get on him are, have not been great. They've I, I would call them exploitable uh, against. But he against righties. It, the wild part is uh, his last 300 righties faced. He has a, a 10% walk rate and a 12% strikeout rate. That's a little too close together uh, yeah. for me. Against his, oops, was or was that lefties? I'm sorry, that was lefties. I got lefties. Change one of those to righties. So that was more expected because I was like, wait, he has bad splits, but not much better. 16% strikeout against righties, 10% walk rate. He's definitely exploitable, but if he could just survive one again, I'm going to say this a lot. One time through the order, get three clean innings. Mm-hmm. That that saves you. Um, both from a, a from a money perspective on these two pitcher sides as well as uh, from a points perspective. So it's good, I think, that you and I do a lot of these overnight shows together because you're coming at it from the single pitcher side, of which, yeah, there's about three players I'd consider on – or three pitchers I'd consider on FanDuel tomorrow. 
Yeah. On DK, there's about three that aren't going to make my player pool, and the rest of them will will be allowed to come in. We'll see how the lineup shake out, but I'm not going right. to stop them from coming in. So, yeah. And look, that's the catch with when we talk about guys like Fede at four thousand dollars on DK. We're not saying Fede is going to compete with Jake Degrom for the best start of the night. We're saying you might be able to get by with enough points for four thousand dollars less than most of the hitters on DraftKings, and build yeah. up with your bats. That's all we're talking about. Or he could have the seventh best fantasy performance. And that means the rest of the starters are behind him. And just that those raw points make a difference. Plus his savings and what you got with the bat. So you've got to look, this is four, what 3d chess or 40, whatever they call the, everybody's playing checkers. We got to go next level and get ahead of stuff here. So that's, that's what we got to start thinking about now. And I'll tell you what, League of Legends opened this all up to me of figuring out how the hell this works. I don't, I can't watch their game. I can't tell who's on what team and who are the good guys and who are the guys. Or what's happening at all. Yeah. Yeah, I tried to watch some of those streams. It makes me dizzy and nauseous. Hey, people seem to be having fun. Knock yourselves out. It looks, crowds and all these people on the stream. If you like it, good for you. I can't tell what the hell's going on. So, but playing that and having some time to start to think about the strategy and what I'm doing with projections and having no idea how I'm doing it and how to balance things and figure stuff out and knowing the handful of data sources that are out there and what's the field really going to go to and how do I counteract against that? And yeah, what I'm doing might might not be optimal, but I don't want to split first place, you know, 120 different ways. So what am I going to do a little bit differently? Cause there's weirdness that seems to happen in this killing towers and barons and whatever. I'm surprised. I know that I think those are the two milestones they try to kill. <laughs> I purged most of that from my yeah. head. I was in there for a couple of weeks. I was playing along since I was up anyway. I was watching, but uh, yeah, I purged most of that with jungler and uh, yeah, the top lane and mid yeah. and all that support lane, all that. So my point being, I am. This is not real baseball. What we're seeing this year, yeah, it's nice. I've missed it. I'm so glad it's here, but it's not the 162 games of full training camp. Now we're in August. Pitchers are, are now starting to make their 20th start of the year. That's not what we're seeing. This is like, it's not exhibition, but it's not that far off of exhibition. Yeah, it's close to the end of spring training kind of baseball, the beginning of the season kind of baseball, just from a point of where the guys are and everything, the performance that we're seeing. So, yeah, and speaking of those kind of performances, I don't think we're really going to get one, a good one out of Kyle Wright. You mentioned uh, close uh, K and uh, walk rate on Fede. For his career, 40.2 innings pitched. Kyle Wright has exactly 17.9% strikeout rate, 17.9% walk rate. Can't get much closer than that. That, that (laughs) Yeah, like you said, kid's not an efficient pitcher right now. Still a good prospect for them, but uh, I do not like going to him on either side. I I think we can target some of these Nationals bats. Maybe, like you said, you get that oddball out of them, but 6,500 with some of the other cheapy options, I would keep that down around 5% uh, and roll with that, but uh, not much more than that on Kyle Wright. All right, next guy up, and I'm going to play him on DK. I will be shocked if he goes more than 50 pitches. It's not an easy matchup against the White Sox, but it's Casey. I'm assuming his last name is Miz. Potentially it could be Mize, but in any event, making his debut, he is uh, the number, I think, uh, this is courtesy of uh, MLB Probable Pitchers page. He's the number eight prospect on MLB Pipeline's top 100 list. He has made 26 starts in the minors. He has not pitched above double A. He does have a double A no hitter. 
and they comment on how he had a good spring training, was dominant when they came back for summer camp, and they point out that his splitter is a devastating out pitch. He's going against a very tough lineup. I believe Yasmani Grandel probably will be out of this lineup, so that's one uh, key hitter that's out. He's been dinged up. Um, I don't think he's officially been put on the DL or the injured list yet, but for the price, for what we've got in store, and for two-pitcher sites, I want to roll the dice with this kid's electric stuff. Yeah, and I think we can. Um, I think it's a good spot. You know, the White Sox are a killer lineup, but there are strikeouts in this lineup, and he's that kind of a pitcher. Uh, you mentioned the splitter. He works that splitter. Uh, it's like mid-80s it comes in, so it acts like a changeup. Uh, the splitter is generally a slower – I know it's called a fastball, but it's generally a slower pitch. It's a change of speed with the sinking motion to it. So he works a 94, 96-mile-an-hour four-seamer, and then he goes drops it down to the mid to low 80s with that splitter. And he just gets, like you said, it's a devastating pitch, gets a ton of swing and miss on it. Um, so I like the kid a lot. Uh, he's projecting pretty well for me. I've got his minor league stats plugged into my model here, so it's a little wonky. But at only 6,600, I can justify a little bit of it on FanDuel even uh, with the projection I'm getting. And at 4K on DraftKings, I think it's a good play. I think he's uh, – I would definitely rather have him even against the White Sox lineup than uh, Eric Betting. Let's put it that way. Yeah, uh, he pitched three years for Auburn his last two seasons. It, that's in the FCC. Last two seasons, he had 30 appearances. 29 were starts. Uh, 200 innings, he had a 12 strikeout per nine uh, in the FCC. They're not bad teams there in the SEC. And, yeah. and then his, yeah, his minor league numbers are uh, a little lower, 8.8. But With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Then um, the walk rates are kind of high, but there allows no power. Yeah. which just just shows that he's he's got good stuff so willing to roll the dice he's 23 years old this is again for first time he's gone above double a and he's it's going the top against 10 overall draft pick right uh, he ago. was chosen in the first round like sixth uh oh he was first oh he was first okay he was first overall in the 2018 draft okay. by yeah I mean, tigers obviously you know high-end pedigree kid do we know if he's related to hall of famer johnny meeks Ooh, let's see. Um, Love those second-generation guys. And while you're looking at that, I plugged in Ross Detweiler as a pitcher for the White Sox just because nobody came up and I couldn't find who was supposed to pitch. He's got kind of long manish, so maybe he opens. Uh, I don't know when he last pitched. I needed it to pop up so I could get some numbers here. So that's what put in. If it happens to be Ross Detweiler, he's uh, stopped throwing his – sorry, he's throwing a slider now, not a cutter anymore, and his says his sinker is working again. He's currently sitting 98th percentile in ex-woba, 69th in exit velo allowed, 57th percentile in hard hit, generating 51% ground balls, only 14% strikeout for his career, 8.2% walk, 103 home run for nine. So he's a guy who keeps the ball in the yard, generates a lot of ground balls, have no idea if he's actually going to be pitching. But if he's out there, 6,800 on DK, maybe you roll a couple. Not many, but a couple. Tigers aren't very good. Tigers against the lefty, I can justify some of their bats here as well, if that's who pitches. <laughs> so no relation. That's no relation. I can tell. Yep. All right. 
but he is engaged i think oh well congratulations to him yeah i might be married now that was in may of 2018 so there we go google it's a wonderful thing (laughs) back to the task at hand continuing through the slate milwaukee at minnesota uh in theory rich hill coming off wait for it the injured list who would have thought that uh this time it's a sore shoulder he went uh 68 pitches in his last appearance it's uh yeah i I, i'm not that excited by him at some point his arm is going to fall off on the the mound um who was that was that drayback doug drayback something like that anyway um broke his arm throwing a pitch that sounds familiar 30 years ago 25 years ago uh on the other other side picture it now yeah, on the other side, we have Brett Anderson. Not a very exciting either. These teams both are good against lefties. These are 5 to 10% guys hoping they don't go negative. Um, they both have the potential to go negative. There's my rousing endorsement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, Hill is a guy that when he's healthy, he's capable. Uh, he's a you know, decent strikeout pitcher over the course of his career, 25.4% strikeout. Uh, 9.5% walk, so he definitely allows some opportunities. Uh, career whip is a one two two, so I mean, it's not tragic that he's putting guys on base. He's 40, by the way. And he's right. He's, he's a he's man. He's 40. He's, yeah. Just, yeah, he's on the back end of his career. He's hurt all the time. He's coming off of an injury. It's just not a good story to go to. Uh, leave the numbers aside on this one. Uh, I just don't like it as that in that spot. Anderson, I can maybe justify a little bit more. He's generating 68% ground balls in 2020. It's tops in the league. Not a strikeout guy. He's given up more home runs the last two years. Uh, His career home run per nine is still 0.89, though. So keeps the ball in the yard decently. Only 16.2% strikeout for his career. So not a big strikeout guy. Uh, In 2019, he was throwing his his sinker, rather, uh, 62% of the time. He brought that down to 50% of the time. He's throwing his change up more, um, not getting a ton of swing and misses on any of it. <laughs> Only seventh percentile in hard hit, 19th percentile in ex-woba, seventh percentile in whiff rate, 38th percentile in barrels. It's not a great story. It is a cheap price. I think we can justify some of it on DK. Um, not to crazy, crazy degrees. I would rather have the Twins bats. Even at 59, I don't want to do it on FanDuel. All right, let's uh, move along. And just for another perspective, this is his or this is his seventeenth year in the league. Through his other sixteen seasons, he's averaging fifty-two innings pitched. Oh my god, he's been hurt a lot. I feel bad for him. So I was all excited to to roll with some Framber Valdez until I realized this game was going to be in Coors Field. So we have Houston in Coors Field. On the other side, you've got Ryan Castellini. Castellini, 88 and 60 pitches. He is 4,900. How he is so cheap, I don't know when guys like Steven Brault and Brett Anderson and other guys are still expensive and they shouldn't be because they're not throwing nearly the pitch count of this. This is a tough one. He's 4,900. I am not going to cross either of these pitchers out of my player pool. This will be like a 5 to 10%. The reason I'm okay doing that is I have a feeling a lot of people are going to go to Coors Field. As they should. It is going to be 88 at first pitch. We've got a 7.2 implied run total right now. These are just the overnight totals, so they're they're implied. They're not at betting lines. These are just other sites that, that kind of post the the general direction. They're usually close, but sometimes they're a little off. 
7.2 implied run total right now for Houston, 5.4 for the Rockies. That Houston one's a little high. I thought it would be like 6.5 or 6.7 um, overnight. It's hard to get up to seven, even though we've got the DH, in, you know, lather, rinse, repeat, all of this stuff. I'm still okay playing these guys. Let's remember back to the last Coors uh, homestand. Most of the runs didn't come till the, till the second half of the game. Your pitcher sort of survived. Nobody's going to them. And you just kind of have a little bit of leverage. That's what I'm going to hope for for these guys. I do not expect them to shut down the other team, but there is a chance they can get through their portion of the game relatively unscathed. I don't disagree with that for the prices. Uh, it's not bad. Yeah. Uh, it's all uh, about the prices. That's right. It. Exactly. Exactly. And it's more, it's more DK based um, as we're talking about this. I don't think I would want to pay 7,800 for Framber on FanDuel. Uh, one of the reasons behind that being his main out pitches is curveball is throwing it 29% of the time. We know the curve has issues. It's a, a course field. It's a pitch that can hang easily there. Young kid, not experienced pitching at that altitude. That concerns me a little bit. Uh, he does pound the zone with his fastball, brings a fastball at 93 miles an hour. He's a good, good pitcher. Um, he's down uh, not the greatest uh, contact numbers right now. Uh, you know, bottom of the league in uh, hard hit, bottom of the league in exit below. So the ball's traveling, too, when guys are making contact. So not the greatest mix for cores. But, again, at those prices, that's what we're playing here. So I can definitely endorse him going at, at, you know, at a minor uh, deployment at, uh, on DK. Castellani. I don't really like the pitcher that much, but he's getting it done. He's the home pitcher. So there's a little advantage. You would think that he's got a little bit more experience pitching in the environment. He doesn't really rely on a curveball. He's more slider changeup mix uh, with a 93 mile an hour fastball sitting 48th uh, percentile in ex-woba. So around league average in ex-woba allowed, but also getting hit hard. Second uh, percentile in exit below third percentile in hard hit rate has been good in the minors at limiting home run power. Uh, I was around a mid teens guy uh, in strikeout rate in the minors. So, you know, I don't love it, but again, as a discount price kind of a play on DK, we can justify it. We can get there. I wouldn't play either pitcher on him. Yeah, yeah, and, and that good, uh, good call out to just keep reminding that my my theories are playing a lot of lineups and going in uh, at lower buy-ins to do said lineups and mixing and matching, and that's kind of the the Osmo way of doing it. I do not do it across every contest and in all of the nosebleed contests, but I run a similar uh, strategy. I do mine in uh, a lot of the smaller field tournaments and leagues. And if they're all the same, you know, like the example I like to use is FanDuel because that's something they've far outpaced DK on, but they, they pump out those hundred, I forget what they are, hundred or 110 person contests, totally winnable. It pays like they change it every now and then, but it either pays top 10 or top 12. And it's this, it's a nice payout structure. And if you just enter a bunch of those, it's like entering a big tournament. You can, you know, and they pump out the dollar and the $5 ones literally all day. And you can get in there and, and build your lineups across that. And because it's the same pout structure, it doesn't matter. Yeah, you're not going to have a five-figure night, but you're also getting a much better payout structure than everybody else. And they're winnable contests. Your 1% lineup in a 100-person contest is probably going to come in first, second, or third. And you're going to get, I forget what the, the payouts is, last year's was like 25, 10, and 9 or something like that. They were they were not super top heavy, but you got a nice return. Those are winnable. That same 1% lineup in a, in a contest with 10,000 entries, you may finish in the top 100. You're probably going to double or triple your money. Right. Okay, why are, why, which is better? Trust me. 
it's the other ones. So yeah, and those contests are are great. They're they're winnable contests. They're things that I always talk about, and it's usually when I hear you bring them up because I'm like, God, he's so right. Why don't I play more? Because <laughs> they're easy. I mean, they're contested. I think they're three max for the most yeah, part. Yeah, three max usually. There. So you get a ton of just the group think effect where everybody's saying, all right, I'm just playing these high end guys, and people, a lot of people treat it almost like a cash lineup where they're just playing the top end of everything. So if you're just going down a couple spots in the stack tool, you're already different. If you're playing an offbeat pitcher, you're already different. And we all know how those lineups can perform in baseball, and they shoot right to the top of the standings in these tournaments. So, yeah, I, I like that strategy. All right. Uh, Lance Lynn coming off a complete game, one run uh, allowed, or t- one earned run allowed in Coors Field. Hey, it can happen. 110 pitches, 109, 107, 102. Not the easiest matchup against San Diego because, you know, those guys don't follow the unwritten rules of baseball. I'm willing to pay 9200 for him, but it's going to cost me some Coors Field bats. I do like the performance. Uh, it's hard to see him not going 100 pitches. Weird stuff can happen. Uh, you know, he did go 110 in his last outing, but again, 110, 109, 107, 102. This isn't like he was 80, 85, and they let him roll for the complete game. He's up there. He's stretched out. This is a worthwhile play. Uh, on the other side, I'm curious your take on Chris Paddock. Um, I think I, I was reading something. I think there's been like eight total home runs so far in Texas with the roof closed. It's like, it, it's become quite the pitcher's park um, with the roof closed, unless there's a secret human we don't know about. <laughs> but um, anyway, is the Texas lineup, are they slumping? Is it a fact of the home field or, or, you know, what are they going to do against Chris Paddock? Cause Chris Paddock is 7,700. That feels like a nice spot. He only went 52 um uh pitches in his last outing but prior to that 95 88 89 they did they also pushed him back they didn't uh this is from the espn players they didn't really say what was going on with paddock but but um reading into the lines here uh san diego was kind of moving people around remember that we thought it was going to be luis perdomo was going to start and then he ended up pitching in the the game the night before and uh Inoa did the same thing i think like for Miami or Huskero and whatever it was yep. or Atlanta, whatever it was. Atlanta, so yeah. we, we're trying to figure out, you know, who, who's doing what they're mixing and matching on the fly. There's no real built-in off days this season. So when you're trying to move your rotation around, it's hard. Some of the teams are trying like consciously trying to go with six man rotations. That's why we're seeing a lot more openers and all of that, all of this. So I don't think there was an issue. He could have just had a tweak, didn't warm up well, had a bad throwing side session, whatever it might've been. So I don't think there's anything to be concerned about with him, but we don't know for sure sure what occurred yeah and, and i was poking around a little bit in uh in Statcast, and it didn't look like anything has really changed in the repertoire it didn't look like anything's off so unless he's pitching hurt not saying anything or it's something that we don't know about like you're, you're kind of getting at it was most likely just a weird thing pitchers are weird sometimes maybe somebody spoke to him in the clubhouse and he doesn't like that before a start and he felt jakes who knows uh it's a pitcher i really like in general he's uh, he's been excellent since coming into the league he has allowed seven home runs so far in 2020, which is a minor blip. Home runs are weird sometimes. Um, so I'm not too concerned about it, but that could also be some kind of a sign about what's going on with him. Currently sitting 12th percentile in ex-WOBA against uh, 26th in exit below allowed, 11th in hard hit rate. So giving up some good contact. Uh, the home run for nine is a little ugly now. It's up to 162 after he's given up those 2020 homers. But that's only 166 innings pitched in his career. He's got a 26% strikeout rate, only a 5.2% walk rate. I like the pitcher. I like the spot. 
Uh, you asked if uh, you know what's going on with the Texas lineup. Are they slumping? Sixteen home pretty- runs. They have, they're the second. The only team lower than them are the uh, the Cardinals, who have twelve <laughs> and didn't play for sixteen days. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah, I think the answer there might just be that this team isn't any good, though. It might not be a slump. It might just be a lack of overall talent. I mean, Joey Gallo's a masher. We know that. I've mentioned Elvis. He Andrews, has six like of the home runs. <laughs> yeah, home runs. So, I mean, I like a couple of the guys in this lineup, but there's a lot of holes. I mean, Willie Calhoun is a world beater. He's going to be an excellent hitter. He only strikes out around 16% of the time. But Joey Gallo strikes out like 36% of the time. When he's not hitting the ball out of the ballpark, he's most likely going to strike out. Jeff Mathis down at the bottom, if he's in this lineup, this might be an old projected lineup I'm looking at. But you have a bunch of guys. Ruben Odor strikes out 28% of the time. Shinsu Chu, as good as he is, strikes out 25% of the time. So there's case here for Paddock, and there's not too much danger. I don't worry about the spot. I think we can go to him uh, pretty strong here. Only 8,100 on FanDuel. He's in play on for me on FanDuel. I really like that price on DK. Uh, makes a lot of sense. On the other side, I think Lynn is definitely a great spot, uh, definitely a target for me. He's all the way up to 9,700 on FanDuel. Maybe people go in different directions at that price tier. Uh, but I'm getting a great projection on him. I agree. I think he's going to go over 100 pitches, assuming he doesn't get totally lit up. He's been killing it in uh, 2020 so far. 87th percentile in ex-woba, 82nd in exit velo, 67th hard hit, 81st in barrels, 88th in ex-slugging. So, I mean, lights out, lights out pitching so far this year. 23.4% strikeout rate, pretty good strikeout rate for his career. Only 0.81 home runs per nine allowed for his career. So, keeps the ball in the yard. Just really, really like the pitcher. So I think we can definitely roll out a good amount of Lance Lynn. Padres lineup is good. Uh, there are definitely some hitters to worry about in it. Some of them can limit the strikeouts, but we've got a lot of uh, Ks, even in a star like uh, Fernando Tatis up top. Uh, Will Myers strikes out around 31% of the time. So there are strikeouts in this lineup, and the back end of the lineup gets kind of weak. So I think we can definitely go to Lynn here. Yeah. Uh, for perspective, the Orioles – 32 home runs, the Mets 30, the Tigers 28, the Royals 28, the Giants 28, Texas 16. That's unreal. Just throwing like, it out there. If they're, not, if they're not careful, Anthony Santander is going to pass them by himself. It is in play. It is <laughs> in play. All right, three games to go. We're into our 9 o'clock or 940 slate. We've got Merrill Kelly taking on the Oakland Athletics. We've got Jesus Luzardo on the other side. Lusardo has gone 72, 89, 76, and 67 pitches. He is 8,200. He's in the picture here. Uh, Merrill Kelly has had a couple nice outings. Uh, I, I guess it will bookended with his first start and his last start. Uh, on the season, 1.7 ERA, 22 strikeouts in 26 innings. He's just looked good all the way around. 9,500, um, you know, the Lizard King. Not the best track record, uh, you know, kind of, was he, did he come back from the Japan leagues or was he one of the Korean league guys? I'm losing track of all the other players, but he... uh, I, he's got character. I think those are Japanese characters. I don't want to make that call completely, but he's got them on fan next to his name. I think that's Japanese, not Korean characters, but I'm not hundred percent sure. Here we go. Now I can scroll. He was in the KBO. I'm sorry. Okay. He was with the, the SK Wyverns of the KBO for one, for two, four, four years. Seasons. Yep. Four seasons. So he, he's been in, uh, came back in 2019, 
Um, so basically, so he's got a really interesting story, and I'm doing this one from memory, but he, he was like a, a relatively high draft pick, if I remember. So he was uh, uh, eighth round, uh, 16th pick overall, had a nice little contract, never made it above AAA for the Rays. They just outright released him. Didn't even try to trade him. We're just like, whatever, it, this isn't working out. He was he started and, and worked their way up through the minors, um, made, made AAA for his last two seasons there, and they're just like, yeah, we're good. That's weird for the Rays to do. And he's like, well, I'd rather have a contract. And then he, so he went over to the KBO. He pitched four years in the KBO, came back with the Diamondbacks last year. And they're like, hey, we'll give you a chance. And he was a much better pitcher. Um, not great strikeout stuff, but not bad. Decent ground ball rate. And it's like, okay, well, you, you found this guy. But we want to remember, he started with the Rays in 2010. It's 2020 now. That's a long time. What we're seeing is what we're getting. Um, and we know it's a dangerous Oakland lineup there without um, uh, Ramon Laureano, who's still, I think he's just finishing up his suspension now. Uh, and they got had somebody else who was dinged up. But there's some strikeouts there. So I'm okay on, on either side of this. This one is in Oakland. Um, the weather is going to be, it's going to be a 640 local start. It is going to be in the mid-60s. So all of this is lining up for me to be willing to take a chance on him. I'm not pushing the chips in, in the middle of the table. Oakland does have a 4.9 implied run total. Yeah, I like Kelly in general. Uh, the one thing that concerns me is the home run per nine, uh, particularly to right-handed hitters. Uh, one seven one over these last two years to right-handed hitters, and we know that the A's have a lot of righty power in that lineup. Uh, you got Marcus Semien, Matt Chapman to roll through. Uh, even you know, Chris Davis hasn't been Chris Davis, but he's still capable uh, in the back end of that lineup. Um, Piscotti is capable of taking, taking one out. So there's some, and Mark Khan is in there as well. Uh, so there's some righties to worry about in that lineup. A lot of good guys with power. And then you've got a Matt Olson on the other side of the plate. Uh, he's not that much better overall. His home run per nine is one, four, two. Uh, but I do like the stuff. I do like the pitcher. Uh, he's around league average in most of the uh, stack cast categories, like 40th, 50th percentile. So not tragic, not too crazy. Great. But I think he could have a nice game here. Um, not getting the greatest projection in the world for him. I would expect actually better. So I'll take a look at that as the night goes on. 8,900 on FanDuel. I think I can do a little bit better than this spot for most of uh, most of the pitchers on FanDuel. What was the DK price? For some reason? Uh, I want to say it was 95. Okay. But so let's a- talk about the nice, it looks like either a three or a four game late slate there for DK. He will be in the player pool for me. Yeah, I think on a shorter slate, absolutely. You're going you know, to have limited options and definitely we're going to have to go to him. And he is a good pitcher. Again, this is, this is a pitcher I do like. Um, so it's a little bit to do with the Oakland bats going against him and uh, some of those split numbers that's bringing his projection down for me. But it's a pitcher I think we can get to on DK and, and you know have at least a little bit of faith in him, maybe roll him out, what, 10% cap at that price yeah. on the main slate, something like that. Uh, Luzardo on the other side. Kid, I'm really looking forward to his career. Just an excellent, excellent prospect of a kid. Uh, he's one of those guys who's got uh, different pitch categorizations on uh, depending on which site you're looking at. Uh, but I think Brooks has it right. From what I've seen, it's like a 12 to 6 curveball that he throws, not a slider, which is what Savant has it categorized at. So I'm calling it a curveball. Um, he's generating he's 73rd percentile in whiff rate so far this year, only 36th percentile in ex-woba, 41st percentile in hard hits, so giving up a little quality contact. Uh, but just a dynamite pitcher uh, works with a sinking fastball uh, 56% of the time. And he throws it 96 miles an hour. So a 96 mile an hour sinker down to a uh, big looping uh, 12 to six curveball is just devastating stuff. 
Uh, he was high 20s or uh, higher uh, K percentage through every stop of the minors, and he kind of breezed through their minor league system in like a year and a half. So kid I really, really like. I think 7300 for him on FanDuel is a pretty good price. Diamondbacks aren't a team I love to attack with pitching, um, but I think I can get to some of them here on FanDuel. Uh, I'm not sure, again, another guy for – for some reason, these last few games aren't popping up the DK pricing on my spreadsheet here. But uh, what's his DK price? Uh, for which one? Lizardo. Lizardo is eighty two hundred. Yeah, so I can justify that over on DK as well at that price. I I think we take some shares of him, maybe roll him out 15 percent, and just take what you get. Don't go too crazy with it. But I think we could see a nice sneaky little start from the kid. Hopefully, they give him enough leash, which would be my one question. But I think if he's going well, we see at least five innings. All right, today's show is sponsored by Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports, the most trusted name in fantasy sports. Yahoo DFS now includes CSV upload and CSV edit features for those looking to play multiple lineups. Make better choices. Choose Yahoo Daily Fantasy. See, I can do it that way too. What a pro, just nice, slick, easy read. All right, two to go. Everybody's laughing or throwing their phone slash mobile device across the room. <laughs> You're welcome. Julio Urias going against Taiwan Walker. Walker is 7,000 on DK. It is the Dodgers, but hey, they had trouble with Marco Gonzalez tonight. Who knows what's going to happen with Taiwan Walker? Uh, I do like Urias. This is, he is expensive. Uh, and I don't know what to do with the Mariners. Are they good? Are they not good? I've been saying smoke and mirrors. They have been like the variance team. Crappy pitchers, they suck. Good pitchers, you know, or relatively good pitchers for what we've seen aka ross stripling all of a sudden they're world beaters i don't know what to do with them yeah and then their mediocre pitchers go out and their lights out and strike out nine dodgers and put up the biggest as of last time i checked the biggest store on the night on fandle with marco so i i don't think taiwan's gonna do that tomorrow but i didn't think marco was gonna do it today um yeah it's I guess we have to at least consider Taiwan. He's 7,500 on FanDuel. I'm not getting a good projection on him, mostly to do with the opponent. Uh, 68 on DK, maybe roll out a little bit of him over there. 21.3% strikeout rate for his career, 7.4 walks. size, allowed 1.34 home run per nine to lefty hitters over his career. We know there are some deadly lefties on that Dodgers lineup with the Corey Seager, Cody Bellinger. So uh, you know, a couple guys to look out for, Jack Peterson as well. Uh, it's tough to justify for me. Uh, he's uh, got a good cutter that he throws 21% of the time, uh, generating 24% whip on it. He's uh, only threw it 8% of the time in 2018, so it's kind of a new pitch for him. Might be making some of the difference that we've seen for him here. Dicey for me, though. I don't I don't trust him yet. And against this Dodgers team, I think it's too big of a test for me to roll out on FanDuel. Other side, totally love Urias in this spot. Urias. Um, I think Urias. Urias. I think that my Cuban grandmother would hate me for pronouncing that Urias or whatever I just said. But I got the Louis Robert pronunciation right this morning. And for whoever was around for the strategy show, I assure you that it is Louis Robert, not Robert. Anyway. Um, oh, yeah, so is it really? He's Cuban. It's Robert. I linked mm -hmm. to a video where he pronounces it for the media and everything. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, I think we can roll uh, Urias out here a lot. Uh, 7900 on FanDuel. I love that price for this kid on FanDuel. I do not believe in this Mariners lineup. I know we've seen good things from them. They're rallying around rookie Kyle Lewis and uh, everything that he brings to the game. I do think he's a good player. I'm glad to see he overcame a couple devastating injuries in the minors. But I just don't 
think that there's much in this lineup. You look down the lineup, Evan White, Shed Long, D Gordon, you know, even Austin Nola is like, who are we talking about here? So I'm not worried against those, about those guys against this pitcher. Throws a 94-mile-an-hour heater 60% of the time, uh, 88th percentile spin rate on that pitch, so just a dynamite fastball pitch. Gets a lot of swing and miss with his fastball. 85-mile-an-hour uh, change, and he's also got a curveball slider. Gets around 25% swing and miss on some of those on his breaking balls. So just a really, really good pitcher. I think there are a lot of strikeouts waiting for him here. We know that the Mariners get most of their power on the left side of the plate. I feel like I've said that the last couple of nights about lefties going against these guys. But, hey, I think he shuts them down. I think he puts up a nice start here. All right, last game of the night. I don't know what to do with it, but I do want to present the fact that this one is in San Francisco. And San Francisco, through I think it's nine home games now, their average run total is 12.7 combined for the game. That is Coors Field levels. They changed their park a tiny bit. They moved their bullpens to the center field area. It shortened Triples Alley by about eight or nine feet, brought in center field by about six or seven, and then um, left field a little bit by about four feet. That's it. That's not dramatic changes. They also have a, a patio area out in, in the uh, outfield now. We are seeing home runs. <laughs> that don't really look like home runs, and we are seeing a ton of runs scored. Oddly, a lot of it happens in the eighth inning. I don't know. This is very small sample size. Are they doing something with the baseballs? Is it the reconstruction of the stadium? I don't know, but we do have Johnny Cueto on the mound. I want to say, again, this is not a jam in Johnny Cueto as your SP2 spot. He's in play. He's 5,600 on DK, and he's going to throw about 100 pitches. We are going against the Angels. There is a DH everywhere now. So it's not like the pitcher's going to be hitting. So we're going to get, you know, the, the usual suspects there for the Angels. This is, do you want to pivot off Coors Field? Here's your spot to go. And I don't think people are on this yet. It's probably, it's probably just noise. But Terry, come on. This is, it's getting absurd at this point the runs that are just being put up in these games. It's the new course field. Did San Francisco shoot up like a thousand extra feet above sea level and I didn't hear about it or something? What's, what's yeah. going on? This is crazy. What I'm curious about with some of those dimensions changes that you mentioned, uh, one we didn't talk about is if they did anything with the height of the wall. I remember when Yankee Stadium, mm -hmm. when they built the new Yankee Stadium, everybody was talking about the short porch and right and how it was big Homer Park and they moved the wall in and everything. And I remember then what they were talking, what I heard was, for every foot of height that you uh, take the wall down, it's equivalent to, I think it was three or four feet of moving the wall in. So they reduced that wall. If you remember the Jeffrey Mayer play, remember Tony Tarasco yeah. looking up and it was several feet up above his head when that kid caught the wall. Now a guy can reach up and reach over that wall in right, in right field in Yankee Stadium. So lowering those walls does have an effect. So I'd just be curious with those dimensions changes if they did anything with that and maybe that's having an additional effect. Um, as far as Cueto goes, it's weird to say in 2020, but I think he can maybe get away with it. He's kind of getting it done. Uh, it's a little bit illusory. It's a little bit with smoke and mirrors. He's not a good pitcher by any means. He's walking around 10% of guys, but he's, uh, his contact numbers are pretty good. He's 74th percentile hard hit rate, 60th percentile in ex-woba, 52nd exit velo. Uh, he's only getting a 19th percentile whiff rate. He's not getting any swing and miss. Uh, he doesn't throw his slider anymore. His slider used to be at 25% uh, usage his entire career. 
and now he's barely throwing it at all, like literally not at all. Uh, so he's really just getting by with uh, 29% curveball, 27% changeup, and then a fastball. He's kind of getting it done. Uh, over the last three years, his home run per nine has been concerning, 134, 136, and 169 last year. But that's a total of only around 200 innings pitched, and we know he's been dealing with injuries in and out all over the place. Certainly not a good pitcher anymore. I don't know that you have to be excellent to pitch against this Angels team. Uh, there are a couple very scary bats in there, but there are a couple kind of clunker bats in there as well. So I think at a cheap price, you can get away with Johnny. I don't want to pitch him on FanDuel, even though I'm getting an okay projection, even though he's only 69. Not a play I trust over there. But maybe as part of the uh, pool on DK, I could see. Uh, Sandoval on the other side, not a kid I love. I know he's a pitcher that some people go to, and he's, he's somewhat popular and uh, did decently well in DFS last year. Only 7,000 on FanDuel. I'm getting a better projection for him than I was for uh, for Cueto, so I could justify it a little bit more. But he's not a pitcher I really like either. Right? He's fourth percentile in exit velo right now. League average 50th exactly in uh, exit and uh, xwoba rather, uh, and 30th uh, 30th in the hard hit rate. Works around 93 uh, miles an hour with the fastball. He's got an okay slider, okay changeup. 23.4% strikeout rate. Walks too many guys around 10% walks. Uh, 1.46 homers per nine in his uh, major league career so far. He did limit home runs in the minors. Uh, it was around 0.5 homer per nine in the minors, but not a guy I love to roll out against. So not a guy I'm going to attack with Giants bats either, unless we can definitely nail down that this is like a hitter's park now. Uh, but I would, bats wise, I would probably lean more into the angel side of things. All right. That is going to do it for us. Reminder, we do have that promo code Mamba that will get to one week of Osmo NBA content. So you got to sign up for the weekly subscription. It will be $8.24. Remember, Kobe Bryant, the numbers 8 and 24. That is good through Mamba Day, which is August 24th. With that, gamers, good luck.